Hello and welcome to Dipsomania, the podcast about booze and cocktail culture. I'm Jake, and in this episode, Lance and I finally take on the king of cocktails, the Negroni. We also spend some time talking about Beyonce, Prince, and David Bowie, as you do. Enjoy. Yeah. Is it just going to be a recording of us making yummy noises? Yeah. It's my favorite cocktail. Oh my god. So we're doing the Negroni. Um, my first so my first attempt. It's not even an attempt. How can you screw this up? No. Um, have, we'll talk about... Have you ever had a screwed up Negroni? I've made some like questionable variations. But as far as a straight-up Negroni with Campari and gin and sweet vermouth, I mean, unless you have really shitty bad sweet vermouth, I don't know how you screw that up. Um, oh, I was going to bring my gin bottle to remind me of what gin I was using, and I didn't, but I can't, can't quite see it. Um, <laughs> uh, but, so I started all Italian, not all Italian, because it's not an Italian gin, it's actually a local gin. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm using Cinzano sweet vermouth. And Campari, and uh, a gin to be named later. Right. Uh, I used uh, Tanqueray, which is sort of my basic well gin, and uh, Campari, and the uh, Dolan Rouge. And I went, I went one to one to one. I went the classic. I went one to one to one with just like maybe a quarter ounce extra gin. Mm. And I, I even garnished with an orange zest. Yes. Can you see mine? It's kind of limp. Yeah, mine's mine's not super. Yeah, it, my or, my oranges are not as fresh as I might prefer them, but but I it still did a good job. Mm-hmm. And you, I think you need the orange peel. I think you definitely need it. It it makes it a so much better drink. Um, I often don't do it, but it really uh, I hate to say it, but it elevates the cocktail. <laughs> Yes, um, you get that lovely uh, citrusy whiff. I don't. I don't know that it necessarily changes the flavor profile for me. I definitely pick up the uh, orange oil, like that little slick of essential oils on top of the drink. Mm-hmm. It's also a, a warm day here in San Francisco. We we tend to get more of these as the uh, climate is deteriorating, and we're all going to die soon. So, and you're, you're wearing a. Uh... Stylish Kangol knit I, I hat. I am, because I did not put junk in my hair, which means it tends to, to go bushy. Oh. See. So I'm keeping it under, literally under wraps. Yeah, I've, I've been in uh, loungewear all day and I haven't taken a shower, so this is what passes for bed hair for me. Oh, I'm, I'm at least one step ahead of you, so I did <laughs> take a shower, but I am wearing my comfy lounge pants by Gap. In case they wanted to mm-hmm. make money later, and then I've got my eye, eye heart ball <laughs> on, which which is really popular here in the city. Yeah, um, we're actually having a cold day in Colorado. It's uh, been snowing and raining here, so the climate really is going to hell. Um, Jesus Christ! <laughs> now I think it's um, it's probably mid seventies here. So I mean, it's not. It's not horribly warm, but um, there's 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 no AC anywhere. Right. And, but we have a lovely breeze. It's actually a beautiful day. 
Um, and if I were a normal human being, I would probably be outside <laughs> to enjoy it. But actually, I'm having a better time with you here with my Negroni. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. So I, I have these lovely sweatpants with like pockets and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they're made by Chaps or Champ or somebody like that. They were purchased at Kohl's for very yes. few dollars. And then uh, yeah. I have this long sleeve T-shirt with uh, you can't see it at all, but it's got. Um, oh, I can. There's like a little thing on your on your breast. It's uh, Russian prison tattoos are all <laughs> over the shirt. So. Nice. Um, and what was the book you were you were? Uh, I I have a Negroni book, so. Okay. We, which we can refer to when we run out of things to talk about. But we won't, because we both love the Negroni so much. And it has all of the things that we enjoy. This is another drink that I have a, I have a mixed history with. Okay. Um, before I either learned to like bitter things or mm-hmm. realized that I liked bitter things. I think it's my, a little bit of both. My ex-boyfriend, this was his favorite cocktail. Mm-hmm. This and the Americano. Yep. Um, or just like a Campari soda. He really loves Campari. Yeah. Um, and I didn't understand it because, again, my my response to him was, it, it's like I'm drinking pennies. It has a weird mm-hmm. m- metallic, like tongue on battery thing. I don't know what's going on with it. Right. But it wasn't something. It isn't a. It isn't a flavor profile that's delicious per se. But I think it's the combination of the sweet vermouth with the gin. And the Campari, and as you mentioned, the orange peel. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, it's a. I'm just going to say it. It's a perfect balance. I sure think so. Um, people that are new to them usually have an interesting time. Like, I don't know many people that have just said that's my favorite cocktail upon having their first one. Um, mm-hmm. Usually, it's like, ooh, that's a. You know, they say, like, it's a strong drink, or, like, that's really bold flavors, or something like that. Like, they don't, usually can't nail down that it's a bitter taste, I don't think. Yeah, because it's, again, it's balanced, I think, well, mm-hmm. with, the, with the sweet vermouth. And mm-hmm. I I usually uh, use the Carpano um, or the uh, Cocchi Torino. Yeah. Um, which is, a, a to me, a a more pronounced and uh, individual profile to them than just a, the Cinzano. Right. Um, which I think adds just the right touch of uh, sweetness and herbal without you going, oh, that's Carpano. Right. Well, I mean, they, they have to stand up to the uh, Campari. And also, look at that color. It's the prettiest drink in the world. Mm-mm-mm. And uh, depending on your sweet vermouth, the shade of red changes. Mm-hmm. And it, that's a lot of fun. Um, if you make a uh, Negroni with Punti Mess, it's much deeper, darker color. And that's actually one of my favorite Negronis. And that's allowed, is it? I think Punti Mess is still technically sweet vermouth. Even, okay. Even though it's, um, what's it got? Like, uh, Kinkina or something? Or uh, There's an extra bittering agent. In yep. Punti Mess. <laughs> bittering agent. There's a bitter agent. A bittering agent. I'm a bittering agent. Um, the other thing, so when I was looking to see how how one serves a Negroni, I saw it in 
different ways. Sometimes it was in a cocktail glass. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was in. I'm I'm using a what is this rocks glass? Sure, uh, with a giant rock in it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because it keeps the Negroni cold. A warm Negroni, I have to admit, not a great drink. Yeah, I like most. I guess warm cocktails. Well, I don't know. Like I, I appreciate a Manhattan when it comes closer to room temperature too. Hmm. Oh, really? That's not not in my wheelhouse, as they say. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to say the so one of the Negroni uh, alternatives I saw was I guess the Wondrich Negroni or the Perfect Negroni, where he doubles up the gin. So oh yeah. It's one and a half ounces of gin to three quarter ounces of the other thing, and it is in a cocktail glass. In a cocktail glass, that's surprising. Yeah, um, yeah. I lots of people I know prefer to up the gin just because Campari is so pronounced, and um, you know, especially if you're using, you know, say a more standard sweet vermouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and. But you're 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 a one to one to one guy. Well, you said you added a little more. Gin. I I added just an extra bit of gin um, because the Dolan Rouge isn't particularly bold. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very nice sweet vermouth, but doesn't stand out on its own. So a little extra tanqueray. And I and I'm I have to admit that I'm I am anxious and happy about this particular podcast. Uh, even as we're in the midst of it, because I plan on making a lot of these, because there are so many variations to be had. Uh-huh. Uh, I, 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 probably like you, have a ton of vermouth in my fridge. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not as deep as I usually am, but yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick with it. And uh, the next one I want to try is a Barolo Quinato and see what that does. Right. Because that's a little woody and a little more interesting than uh-huh. you know, your normal. Uh, and then I'll switch up the gin, too. This gin, I think, um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sensing it. You know. I think, I think it got subsumed. That does happen. Especially with like the sort of new American style gins, the floral gins that don't mm-hmm. have a really strong juniper note. I honestly just love Tanqueray for mm-hmm. Negronis. And you're doing you're doing straight not not Tanqueray Ten or the other weird tank just Tanqueray. But the handle of Tanqueray, <laughs> yeah. the big green bottle, yeah, for like thirty nine dollars or whatever. And yeah, no, it's Tanqueray is beautiful. Actually, all of the all of the, I, I, uh, what do we call them? They're not cheap gins, but they're like Beef Eater and Tanqueray and, and like uh, like <laughs> eye-level shelf gins. Right. Well, those, um, those are all like potential well gins at a bar, right? Like, mm-hmm. And they're great. Yeah. Yeah, Beef Eater's great. Um, I have a slight preference for Tanqueray over Beef Eater, but every once in a while I make myself change it up. Why do you have a preference? I don't know. I, I recognize the flavor of Tanqueray. It's like, that's familiar to me. Okay. Probably yeah, probably like beer. I would recognize the flavor of Bombay Sapphire. I haven't mm-hmm. had Bombay Sapphire in ages, but I had so much of it in the 90s that I feel like I would recognize it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I can't think of the last time I actually had Bombay Sapphire. And which makes me curious and makes me want to go get a bottle to see like <laughs> how it works now that I'm all fancy. Right. 
do I still enjoy the Bombay Sapphire? Because it was it was delicious. I mm-hmm. like like you. I had a whatever a liter of it right. that I would eat. My go-to gin, so to speak. Wow, I'm, I'm just sucking these things well, back. Well, they, they're dangerous. Mm. Once once you get used to them, they're, they're and they're easy to drink, but particularly in warm weather. Like, yes, it's it's the best summer cocktail. I was just saying we're coming into Tintin and Negroni season. Yes, were and you want to do? You, so you have a house. You have an actual house. I do have. I, an actual freestanding house. With a yard and such. Yeah. So you can go out. Do you have a porch? Uh, we have a big deck, a big decrepit deck. As you do in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> My other friends also have giant decks. Um, like Negroni's to me seems custom designed to sit outside in a lounge chair and just sip the damn thing and feel yeah. really good about yourself. I'm actually really excited because last summer, towards the end of the summer, we got a hammock mm-hmm. with the freestanding stand that we put back on the deck. And I, w- I want to spend some time in the hammock with my Negronis this summer. I'm trying to think of the... So, <laughs> I'm going to say this wrong because I can't think of the name. This Negroni... Spagliato. There you go. With I was going to look that up. Prosecco added instead of gin. And that, um, but it's still a Negroni. Yep. <laughs> do, you, do you know if it, is that is it from a different <laughs> Negroni region? Now I want to think of Negronis as like wine, and like you can take a tour of Italy and just have different Negronis as you go. Like, what's what's your Negroni? Yeah, I I wish I had had some forethought to do some research because. That's what we're here for. We're doing it now. Yeah, my my wife has declared this the uh, summer of Spagliati. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, I forget what the context was, but I was like, you should get a Negroni Spagliato. And she did, and she was like, that's the best thing ever. Why don't we have that all the time? And I answered, well, we don't always have uh, Prosecco on hand and once you open prosecco you want to drink yep, the prosecco you do, have to, you do have to drink it so I, yeah so i'm i'm looking i'm looking i'm looking trying to give our folks a home so spagliato translates to wrong or mistaken so basically it's a fucked up negroni okay that that's the story is like you know didn't have any gin use some prosecco fucked up negroni yeah. and it is it is it seriously a one to one uh, swap yeah. Okay. That doesn't seem like much Prosecco, because... Only an ounce of Prosecco doesn't seem like much at all. I d- it does not. I, we made these last night. We had friends over for dinner, and um, I did, you know, in in my mixing glass for all three or four of us, um, the Campari and the Vermouth, stirred it up with ice, and then sort of half-filled all the coops, and then topped it off with Prosecco. Mm-hmm. Or kava, I think. But uh, that was delicious. I've stumbled upon a, a Negroni bonanza of, <laughs> of just all of these Negronis. Uh, there is the Negroni Leone. <laughs> Leone. Which is uh, one and a half ounces of rum. Okay. A, a half ounce of mescal. What? A half ounce of Dolan sweet and a quarter ounce of Campari. Huh. That comes to us from uh, Michael Neff of the Rum House in New York City. 
Rum and mezcal. Rum and mezcal. Then there is uh, a white Negroni, which mm-hmm. is two and a half ounces of gin. That's a hell of a lot of gin. Uh, one ounce of oak-aged Dolan Blanc, because it's fancy. Yeah, that that's very fancy, because I, I have another white Negroni recipe, and it's nothing like this. Yeah, this this is, you go all special, and it's probably what, a, like what, a $16 one. What's, what's the third... Uh, Domaine de Canton. Oh, no, no. What is, what is that? That's a know. ginger liqueur. Oh, that's what he's... This is from uh, Kerry Goldberg of Restaurant Marc Forgione. How much Canton? Like half an one ounce? One ounce, one ounce. Whoa. One that's what he says. Okay, so according to uh, the co-owner of The Varnish in Los Angeles, he makes his white Negroni with one and a half ounces of Plymouth gin, which... I like Plymouth Gin and a Negroni. Um, then Dolan Dry Vermouth. Oh. Oh. And then three quarter ounces. So it was one and a half ounces of gin, three quarter ounces of vermouth, three quarter ounce of Sue's, which mm. is a gentian liqueur. I, I have that. I could totally make that. And a grapefruit twist. I have that as well. So you should make... You should make that because it looks lovely. Uh, so it's one and a half to three quarter to three quarter? Yep. Okay. And you said it was Dolan dry? Dry. I, oh. prob- I probably would try it with the Blanc if it yeah. was me. Uh, I also I have another white Negroni. This is from Sam Ross from Los Angeles. This is one and a half ounces of gin. He doesn't specify. Yep. Uh, three quarter ounces of Dolan Bianco. Oh, nice. Yeah. And three-quarter ounces of Amer Sauvage. I have no idea what that is. I believe that's from our friends at Tempest Fugit. Uh, and it's a bitter, weird bitter thing. Okay. That's all I can pronounce it as, because I'm not sure what the ingredients sure. are, but I'm sure that it does have the uh, uh, the bitter bark stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, King Chona. There you go. I've only, I'm only not even one cocktail in. I have a tiny bit left. <laughs> We've almost made it to 20 minutes. Maybe it's this, the thing on my head is making my brain too warm and I can't think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here's a bottled blood orange Negroni. Oh, yeah. Uh, this has a lot of ingredients, though. So one ounce of Plymouth gin. Uh-huh. One ounce of Carpano. Okay. One ounce of Campari. Yeah. A half ounce of blood orange juice. Right. And... And a half ounce of ginger blood orange syrup. Okay. So adding the extra liquid, in particular the juice, is a really good idea when you bottle cocktails, if you're doing individual bottles. Yeah. Because you have to account for um, the cocktail not being stirred with ice, so it's Mm -hmm. not diluted naturally. So you have to add something to dilute the booze. Yep. But... That seems a little too soda poppy. Well, speaking of soda pop, I might go crazy on the next round and carbonate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that made, you're really happy about that part. I love carbonated. I do too, and I forget that I have it. Yeah. I went through like this big, when I bought it, right, everything, carbonate everything, find out what it's like. And I and then it's it sits there with my other tools and I forget that it's there, but... Mm-hmm. This seems like the perfect opportunity. I'm going to oh. do a white carbonated, white sparkling oh. Negroni. Yes. 
I'm so, so I'm so excited for you. It's going to be so good. I am ready. Are you ready? Let me tell you one thing first. Uh, all right. Um, since we're talking about white Negronis, I developed a. Uh, I developed. I, I stumbled <laughs> upon. I, I made. Can, no, take credit. <laughs> um, an amber Negroni that is excellent. Mm. So uh, Noali Pratt has yes. an amber vermouth, or as they like to spell it, ombre. Um. And it's on the sweet side, so it's closer to sweet vermouth than a dry, but mm-hmm. it, it really is amber in color. So I do a Negroni with gin, that vermouth, and Suze, and it's awesome. Uh, okay. Well, I don't have that vermouth. Well, no, all, you don't. But I all ju- the vermouths that I have. I just, I just want you to uh, now keep your eye open for that <laughs> vermouth. I will. Um, I'm, I'm on the special order list at Casks. They, they now... Because they don't, they have everything, but they don't have everything. You know what right. I mean? I had to get the, uh, they didn't have... Have you had the uh, Del Prof- Professore vermouth? No, I have not. Uh, they started out just with a uh, Blanco, like, it wasn't really a dry, but it was a white vermouth. Mm-hmm. And um, that was really excellent, and then they recently, I've seen their sweet vermouth on the shelves, and... Only in the specialty shops around Denver. Yep. But uh, really good, uh, I think, Italian vermouth. Good stuff. Mm, I will look for it. And you you will add it to our notes so I can remember it mm-hmm. past this moment. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a sparkling white next. Uh, remind me. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Suze Dolan, like Do, Dolan Blanc. Well, the recipe here called for Dolan Dry. Okay. So well, I'll... I'll do it then. And you said it was one and a half to three quarter to three quarter? Yeah, one and a half uh, Plymouth gin if you have it. Um, I don't, but I'll make do. uh, What gins do you have? I have um, uh, uh, Botanist. I have the um, Sweet Potato based gin. um, I forget the name of it. I forget the name of it. Which is which is good. I have the gin that I made this with, which is a, which is a new American gin, but a bit floral. Mm-hmm. And I have one other, which is escaping me at the moment. Mm. I just finished a bottle of Nolitz. That was pretty good gin. I like that a lot. You not the expensive one. No, <laughs> but just just the standard one is very satisfying because the cap. On the bottle, it's I a screw top. Say, it's a it's screw top cap, and it's it's got to weigh five it's ounces. It's like made from nickel or something. <laughs> so you, some, you can put it on the bottle and just give it a sling, and it goes. <laughs> it's amazing. It's real, yeah. And the bottle is lovely. And I have I tasted their whatever three hundred dollar a bottle gin, and you know what it tastes like? Gin. Gin. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna go make a. I'm gonna make number two now. All right. First impression, slightly disconcerting because it looks a little like urine. It's very yellow. Well, that's Sue. That it doesn't look like the photograph in the book at all. Um, Sue's is very yellow. Sue's is very yellow. All right, and it's sparkling. And I put you said grapefruit, right? Yeah. Okay. You did quite a lot of grapefruit. That's almost like a brandy cresta. Hmm. 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 So I used Monkey Forty Seven. 
Oh wow! I oh. went. I went for it. Okay. Um. And I'm gonna say it's okay. <laughs> it. I think. I think. I think you do need to use Dolan Blanc as opposed to Dolan Dry because it it misses the the sweet note entirely. Yeah, I was wondering about that. So mm. I made one substitution in mine. Uh, same gin, same sweet vermouth, different bitter. I went with the uh, Contrato bitter. Mm, I've never even heard of that. Uh, also, lovely Italian. label. It's a. Uh, Naturally flavored and naturally colored. They use beets for the red. Oh, okay. Um, it's a little bit sweeter than standard Campari, but I really like it a lot. And it comes in a liter bottle by default. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, with actually, I've only had Negronis with the Contrato ungarnished. And uh-huh. I have to say, the orange oil really makes it pop, and it makes it a really kind of special Negroni. I like this a lot. Hmm. Interesting. I think yours has turned out better than mine. I, um, I'm trying to think of who this would be for. Because um, it's... It, yeah, I'm not, I'm, uh, I'm not sure this is a success. All right. You, you, you want to do-over? I might want to do-over, Yeah. <laughs> I think this will be our first do-over. Because, yeah, the color is not appealing to me. And uh, it, it's a, it's oddly uncomplicated. Interesting. Sort of flat. Mm-hmm. Which you would think with the monkey, because it doubles up on the monkey, which is, which is not a flat gin. No. But Sue's is sort of counter... Compl- like, it's complex in the opposite way as the gin is. Yeah. So, so I can see that sort of leveling off. Yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to do over. Um, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to the one that I wanted to do, which was the Barolo Quinato. Yes. All right. Hang in there. I got you. Okay, already, just based on the color, I'm super happy. It's like blood. Oh, very nice. It's like, it's cherry, it's yeah. red, it's deep, it's ruby. I, d- I didn't show you mine, but there's a slight color difference from the uh, mm-hmm. Contrato. Yep. Um, so I'm doing Monkey 47 again. No, no, sorry. I changed to Botanist, because Monkey 47 is a bit dear. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, this is Botanist with Koki, uh, Barolo, Quinato, and Campari, and uh, Orange Peel. It's the Beyonce of drinks. So good. We have to come back to lemonade. We have to talk about lemonade. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you ever get a bad drink in a bar, just go, can you just give me a Negroni? Yeah. And don't fuck it up. Just a Negroni. I, I, if they have Campari, I think you can trust a Negroni. Like, even if it's filled with, like, crushed ice and whatever, it's still going to be a Negroni. And it's gonna be okay. It's a basic, right? You know, like if you if the bartender goes, I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Run, run away, run. Get a beer and set the place on fire. Yeah, have a high life and set the place on fire. There is absolutely no excuse for not knowing how to make a Negroni. Everyone, everyone, children should know how to make a Negroni. I, I believe that. I, I think children age, you know, eight 
should know how to make a martini, a Negroni, and a Manhattan. It's so good. Oh, I'm so happy now. Now, I have had good white Negronis or Negroni Blanco or whatever you want to call yeah. them. Yeah. That one was not one of them. No, that I, I'm disappointed with that recipe. Um, have you had a Mezcal Negroni? I have not. It's, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Just standard sweet vermouth and Campari, but Mezcal instead of gin. Fantastic. I can do that. I have that, and I can do that. Uh, so I'm looking other up up other Negron, white Negroni recipes, and in fact, this one does call. For, this one has uh, man. <laughs> you're doing you're doing good. Work. I'm all right. No, this one calls for uh, Lille Blanc. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. That that probably worked. I don't know. Lille is such an odd duck. It's two ounces of gin, and again, it doesn't specify. This is from Wayne Collins in London, England. Yeah. Two ounces, two ounces of gin, one ounce Lille Blanc, and three-quarter ounce of Suze, and garnish with a lemon peel. One of my favorite things about Negronis, once you get used to the Negroni, mm-hmm. there are all these variations. And, you know, you, it's such a simple recipe. It's so easy to substitute something else. So, like, maybe instead of Campari, I try something bizarre, like Chinar or something like that, <laughs> which actually works. And That's oh, a good so drink. <laughs> All right. I was going to ask, because I, I know you, you're a Chinar fan. I am. There's too many white Negroni recipes. I don't want to have to try them all to find the good ones. So, listeners at home, if you, if you have the, the correct white... And what I'm looking for here, again... It's a question of balance. The problem is there is no correct white Negroni. And because to be a Negroni, you kind of technically need to have Campari. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most of them are using Sue's. Yeah. Um, And for it to be actually white in color, you have to use so little Sue's that you might as well not bother using Sue's. Lily Blanc is a good choice because it's bitter on its own. It's got some uh, either quinchona or gentian in the Lille. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense. But like anything that's using Sue's is going to be yellow. It's not going to mm-hmm. be white. It is not going to be white. It is yellow. It is piss yellow, as a matter of fact. It is quite yellow. <clears throat> I See, probably shouldn't say piss yellow. Actually, the the picture makes it look green because I don't know why. <laughs> Badly printed, I think. Bad color balance. I, th- I think it's the countertop underneath. It is definitely not a green drink. It is definitely yellow. Um, but there was the other ingredient. Uh, the the uh, I have to look it up again. Okay. See now this one, this one right here. Yeah. That's what a, is that's a white Negroni. What's on the corner? Is that... Uh, that's a little uh, Campari caviar. <laughs> I was once... So they... It's like the fancy... Spherifications, yeah. All right. But this is two ounces gin, one half ounce uh, Dolan Dry, one half ounce of Sailor's, which is a, a gentian aperitif. Okay. Um, or Sollers. I have no idea. It's European, so it's probably Sollers. Um, and some orange bitters, which orange bitters is my cheat for if I don't want to like 
carve a piece of skin off an orange. I just do one drop of orange bitters on top of my Negroni. All right. That would work absolutely perfectly. Um, but uh, I want to tell you about this one on the next page, actually. Do it. Go. It's called a bitter French. And this is all from a... <laughs> Aren't they all? This is all from uh, Gaz Reagan's The Negroni, Drinking to La Dolce Vita with Recipes and Lore. Uh, so the Bitter French is a pretty little drink. Look at that. It is. It's, it's lovely pink. It's like a pink gin. And uh, so you have one ounce Plymouth gin, quarter ounce Campari, half ounce of lemon juice, a uh, half ounce of simple syrup, and then topped with champagne. So it's kind of a compar- it's a Negroni Royale. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> See that you? That's why you're the the bartender, and I, I am but the drinker. Negroni Royale. But it I, sounds awesome. I I just love how many variations there are. Um, probably my second favorite drink, second to the classic Negroni. Yeah. Is the Boulevardier. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which I usually make with rye whiskey. It's it's one of those where they say either bourbon or rye. I like it a whole lot better with rye. And you can make it one to one to one. I don't because you like I, rye more. I I like whiskey. Yeah. So I do at least like uh, one and a half whiskey and three quarter three quarter. Or if if it's on the rock, I actually just make a big drink and do like a two ounce whiskey pour with one each Campari and sweet vermouth. Yeah. To make a four ounce drink. But also a uh, mild pal is very much like a uh, Boulevardier. <laughs> the recipe here is one and a half ounces rye whiskey, one ounce Campari, one ounce dry vermouth, not the sweet. Huh. And huh. It, I don't know. You'd be surprised. With the whiskey, it actually works. I'd have to be surprised because it doesn't sound good. Yeah. With the whiskey, it actually works. Though, I'm often surprised how drinks do work. Uh, we were at um, We Being uh, Dinah, as usual. My friend oh. Terrence and, and, and Dinah's partner, Joe. So, so we've got our Dinah reference. I got our to, Dinah ref- we have to get our Dinah reference in. I, I have to work Morgenthaler in at some point. Well, it was, <laughs> it was a Tipple Tuesday, so yeah. Dinah's there. Yeah. Um, we went to the Perennial, which is a new place uh, here in San Francisco on, what did I say, 9th, might be 10th Street, uh, in one of the new high-rises around the Twitter building where everything's just like, it's like cancer. Everything's just growing and swelling. And new and shiny. Yeah, uh, and the perennials' uh, shtick, so to speak, is that they are um, super sustainable. So, um, like all the all the the beef is is um, they use the entire cut. They don't, you know, they don't just take pieces of the beef. They like sure. I guess they bring in the whole cow. Um, and something about fish. I keep saying that in reference to them, but it's there is something about fish happening there. Uh-huh. Not not necessarily that you eat it only. But they're doing something with fish and plants and water and things. Okay. I, 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 don't, <laughs> okay. I don't know exactly. But the bar is doing some interesting things. and um, Are they what, doing a zero-waste bar? Uh, I would bet that they are. Their straws are made of straw. <laughs> Which was awesome. It doesn't, 
Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't add a flavor, but when you smell it, yeah, it it has that you know grassy. Yeah. It's it works. It totally works. Okay. And they don't they don't collapse like the the, the bad um, paper ones, mm -hmm. and they're not cheap like plastic ones. And I also sort of object to the metal ones because they sort of hurt. Right. And I, I, I don't, I don't object to straws. I, I, I think there are, there is, a, especially if you're using that little um, crunchy ice, the little whatever that is. Absolutely, yeah. The little pea, pea gravel ice, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, you retweeted Jamie Boudreau. I did. Say, Who said saying if if the glass is chock full of ice, you serve it with a straw. And my wife Heather was vindicated because she always <laughs> requests a little cocktail straw. When I serve something like this, because she's afraid the giant rock is going to hit her hit in her teeth. Yes, and it <laughs> does. It can happen. We've all had it happen. I, I have a big bushy mustache that protects me. And again, Boudreaux's point was, if you don't want the straw, take it out. Right. But give it to them in the first... I, and Yes, yes. And, and, you know, as a good stay-at-home bartender, I do have a stock of the little black four-inch... Straws that every bar has. I just want to interject. So, if you're not a great Campari fan, but you want to enjoy a Negroni, I would think the Barolo Quinato is the way to go because it's it's so kind of syrupy and woodsy. Mm -hmm. You still get the Campari bitterness. You still get that uh, interesting sensation. It's not really even a flavor, I don't think. But it's. Mmm, so good. See, I would say the same about the uh, uh, the Antica, the the the. Con, con, yes. That one. <laughs> what is it? Uh, Antica Carpano. Carpano. Carpano Antica. There you go. Carpano Antica, because it's also pushing the boundaries of syrupy, and it has that nice vanilla note to it. It, so now, I, it I, softens I, the Campari quite a bit. I'm yet, at yet another site that's advising you how to make an even better Negroni instead of the one-to-one-to-one. -to -one -to -one. This is, um, I'm not sure who, who's, who's, wow, they go through a really long, <laughs> long and long-winded explanation of why this is a better Negroni. But okay. they say two full ounces of gin. I've done one, that. One and a quarter ounces of Campari. How big is this cocktail? And three quarters ounces of sweet vermouth. So you, you pull back on the sweetness, you pump up the Campari, and you add more gin. That's like a five ounce cocktail? Uh, two, three, four ounces. Four ounces. Four cocktail. ounce cocktail. Okay. Um, and, I'm, and they're saying for gin, uh, they're saying. Hendrix is great with tonic, but makes a weird Negroni. I would agree. Yeah. They're saying uh, Gordon's London Dry or Tanqueray. Sure. Um, Campari is weird, man. It's bright red. It's sticky. It's bittersweet. But it's also really goddamn good. Seriously. If you're unfamiliar with it, you may be too jazzed to drop $25 on a specialty liquor that isn't called for in many cocktails, but take the plunge. $25? It's more it's like... $30 yeah. around here. Uh, there are substitutes, but if you don't have Campari in stock, then you probably don't have Chinar, Cardamaro, Aperol. They all cost about the same. Start with Campari, grow to love it, and then branch out. 
I don't disagree with that advice. Uh, no need for a deluxe vermouth here. Uh, you can get away with Cinzano or uh, Martini and Rossi for about seven bucks a bottle. Sure, Dolan will make a slightly better drink if you've got some around, or if you can be trusted to start and finish a bottle within a month. Freshness is more important than prestige. That is a good line. That yeah, I mean, we kind of contradicted that in saying that some of the bolder, more specialty vermouths do a, an interesting job of a Negroni. I, and also, keep, I mean, keep your vermouth in the fridge. People, mm-hmm. keep your vermouth in the fridge. It stays a lot longer. Yes. If you, uh, it doesn't go bad. Um, and it's, it's, if, if it is a hot day and you come home and you just want a, an aperitif, you pour yourself a nice vermouth. It's beautiful. The vermouth on a rock is underappreciated. Awesome. It's, it's super good. And it's, it's also good, hey, video gamers, you don't need to get high. Have a little vermouth <laughs> with your destiny. It's super good. It still works. You sip a little vermouth, and uh, it, it, and you feel a little alien, I have to say. Yeah. And or, if you're playing like Assassin's Creed, it's also old world. It, all, it fits into all of those genres. Or if you're just sitting on your couch watching Hercule Poirot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know I do that. <laughs> um, one pro tip. Uh, two pro tips for oh, nice. for making Negronis. Um, I think I've already done this pro tip, but have a moist rag handy so you can wipe the threads of the bottle after you pour. Because, that is a good pro tip. Because the cap will weld onto the bottle because of the sugar that's in the liqueur. Yeah, this is true of almost everything. Actually, except for the pure spirits like gin, whiskey, all that stuff, you don't really need to wipe those off. Yeah, but any of the liqueurs, any of the vermouths, even um, if you have a screw top vermouth, just just wipe those bottles off with a nice damp rag. Uh, I learned that by watching Japanese bartender videos, which everybody should do. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is so true. If you have never, I can't even. They the, so the Japan. Let's all let's all agree that the Japanese are really weird. Yes, I just ran into a new. I I didn't want to even bring this up, and I thought about it, but I <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway. There is a type of video on YouTube, uh, and now I have to look it up because it's got a specific name. But it's it's just video like close like so. Put the microphone really close to your mouth, and then eat enormous meals. Oh yes, I've I know this. I've, I've it, heard of this. It is insane. It kind of makes me a little sick to my it's, stomach. It's also these super people. huge in uh, Korea, I think. Yes, that's where it started. They are insane. <laughs> Asian people. I'm sorry, you're insane. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. We're insane. I mean, we have Trump. Obviously, white people are also insane. Everybody's oh. insane. White white people are animals. But when I ran into <laughs> this, the, the video of. It's, it's it, and, and uh, Americans have adopted it and, it, and they run like 20 minutes. It's like a full meal of someone just eating gigantic amounts of food. And there are like, people that make their living posting these videos. Oh, my God. Like, I thought Twitch was crazy, right? <laughs> Watching other people play video games. But no, watch people eat. And there was, and there was this love, like, just tiny, petite Korean girl talking just very quietly 
and her microphone was right next to her mouth, and you could hear every chew, every crunch, and she was just eating these, like, rice cakes and hot sauce and, and talking about it as she was eating it. And then there was, like, this weird... I shouldn't say that, but she is. Weird, <laughs> voluptuous, blonde, super busty American woman who was having this Italian meal, and it was, like, pizza and fettuccine and... And and she talks about like what it tastes like and how she's enjoying it. It's it's twenty minutes of people. And on the other hand, it is it does tend to be women eating, right? Uh huh. Yeah. And and an enormous meal. It's not like I'm having a Slurpee or a salad or a salad. No, it is big sloppy plates, like just filling the table. Anyway, but coming. Let's come back. We're, we're going to pull it back into the cocktails now. So. <laughs> But the Japanese are so interestingly precise about everything. Yes. There's a way to shake. There's a way to, that's I mean, that's why they make those the cocktail glasses, right? Yeah. They don't want to make any noise mm-hmm. while they are stirring. There is a technique if you practice enough and you and you have your sword you put your sword away. Right. I say this because I just watched the um Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon sequel on Netflix last night. <laughs> Which isn't good. Don't okay. watch. It's All right. not very good. But anyway, but I like the idea that you like. There was this one scene where the student um, was had to stand in the courtyard balancing a, uh, a, a a clay jar of something. We'll we'll say it's gin on <laughs> on her on her ankle while also holding her sword, like and standing on one. So she's standing on one foot. And her teacher says, do that for two days. Okay. You're just going to stand there balancing that for two days. And she's like, all right, I can do that. So, the, so, Japan, so, I, so I picture Japanese bartenders, right? Oh, sure. Going through that kind of apprentice. Bartender school shit. is like, now shake it for two days. Well, like they develop all these like quarter turn shakes and all that stuff. And- yes, because it does. I'm sure it, it totally, it must make a difference. Right? I don't think so. <laughs> I want it to, though. It just looks good. They look stylish when they do it. But yeah, Japanese bartenders are amazing. There are some great YouTube videos. Also some great animated GIFs. And yes, it's GIF. <laughs> it is. It does, the, what's the first word? Graphic. Yes. Graphic. It's not graphic. And then you get to say, I have a GIF for you. As as <laughs> as if you have a gift for exactly somebody. it works in every way. GIF is wrong. I don't give a shit who says it's right. It's wrong. It's right. GIF. GIF. I'm I'm glad we're addressing these important topics. Oh my god, it is so important. It just makes me angry. <laughs> so another uh, tidbit about the Negroni is it takes really well to aging, which is mm-hmm. a thing. In cocktails, barrel barrel aging, barrel aging or bottle aging. What? So, what is the what's the advantage of aging in a bottle? Okay, so bottle aging is all about controlling oxidation. Oxidation. <laughs> we're at that point, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, <laughs> we're only. We might. Are you, I'm ready to do a third. Actually, are we going to do three this time? Cause, come on, it's Negroni time. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been a while. We're we're slowing down a little bit. We need to get back on a pace. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I I'm ready for yeah. 
But um, it's Sunday. What else have we got to do? Fuck We're it. not going to go to church for God's sake. No, nothing against churchgoers except you're stupid. Pretty dumb. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. Anyway, you were going to say... Probably uh, sorry, that. I interrupted, I interrupted <laughs> your important Negroni point. Okay, so I, I've done several barrel-aged Negronis, and those are awesome. Like, really noticeable change to the and flavor. How, how do you do that? Or do you have a barrel? I used to. And but it's like but barrels are very large. Are you doing? No, I, I got little gallons sun, and gallons. No, I got barrels. little uh, two liter barrels. I, from I, where? Like barrels are us? No, I got them from uh, the Tuttletown people that make the. Oh. Uh, you can you can order them online. There's also a barrel company in Denver that I haven't visited yet, but I could. I, they also make little two liter and three liter barrels. So you, I did not know this. You mix up a big batch. You know, you just dump the whole bottle of Campari, dump the whole bottle of gin, dump the whole bar- bottle of sweet vermouth, and uh, put it in the barrel, leave it sit for some time. <laughs> <laughs> well, so how much time? It's uh, not like 24 hours. No. Is it uh, a week? With the barrel, I was doing something like six weeks. Okay, so at least a month. Yeah, well, I mean, there are resources online to sort of give you some guidance. I think actually uh, Jamie Boudreaux was one of my primary sources for just mm-hmm. like, if you Giving want. Your, yeah, going for it. Yeah. Doing it. And um, so I was doing weeks or months with uh, the barrels. Uh, bottle aging is more on the order of like, also weeks or months, but. A little bit longer, so say eight weeks, two mm. months, something like that. Because the idea is you actually seal the bottle so that only that little bit of air that's at the top of the bottle yeah. is, is what's contributing oxidization. Oxid, yeah. No, you never, I think that was right. <laughs> I'm going to stop. Oxida- oxidation. Oh, yeah, see, not... Oxidization. There's, uh, there's no Z in oxidation. There's- well, there, there can be. We're changing, we're changing the language all the time. It's it's an evolving thing. And I actually like oxidization. It's like saying aluminium. Yes. That's probably how the Brits say it anyway. Yes, oxidization. <laughs> so you do need to leave some air at the top. Just just that little bit of air, but that's like a limited... He's, he's making like a half-inch thing with his fingers to me. Because you can't see it. Yeah. As, as as far as you know, you know. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. So you get so and you sit. And the advantage is the advantage is the flavors meld a little bit more because one thing about Negronis when you're mixing your Negroni, mm-hmm. say you're it's a stirred drink. It's pure spirit, right? Yep. Um, no, no need to shake it. There's no sugar, no citrus, or anything like that. Um, so it's a stirred drink, but the lore of the Negroni is because gin and Campari and sweet vermouth have whatever different densities or something. You actually need, you, you need to lift your spoon as you stir it. You don't just go round and round and round. You need some verticality to the stir. Mm-hmm. Vertical. You can think of verticality, but you can't think of oxidization. That's what I did think of, Amazing. and it's wrong. <laughs> So <laughs> awesome. That is good. 
verticality. So, and yeah. you recommend trying it at home? Do, are you still doing it? Uh, aging stuff. Yeah, my my barrels got used up because you you have a limited lifespan of barrels. You can't reuse them to make more Negronis. Uh, you you can reuse them several times, and actually, what I did was I did a cycle. So I'd make Negronis, and then I'd make Boulevardiers in the same mm. barrel because Ooh. you know some of the Negroni went into the wood, right? And then, it feels like our next podcast is going to be Boulevardier sized. To okay. me, okay. I, mean, I we, think we still need to make a scotch cocktail, though. We do, in fact, uh, and we, yes, and okay. So next is like rusty nail or something, and then Boulevard. Did we? We didn't do Boulevardiers, did no, we? No, we haven't. No, okay. Um, we did Sazeracs. Mm-hmm. You're finishing. I see your drink. Do you want to? Do you want to keep going? Uh, where are we? We're at an hour. We we should keep going. We have lots of dead time. And and as you mentioned, Negronis are like a. It's like a family of cocktails. It is not... Are you, are you going to make a mezcal one? I don't have any mezcal. I do. So you just... It's just a, a substitute? Yeah. So instead of gin, you put mezcal in? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I might do a rum. Really? Yes, you should. And then... Because I've had a bad one. Yeah. So if it doesn't work... <laughs> If it doesn't work, you can do it. You you also get a free, free do over. I think. I, I think I'm gonna try uh, pineapple rum. I am interested in this because, as we've discussed, I am not a rum drinker, so I don't. I've already told you this, but I have challenged two of my Denver bartender friends to convince me that I care about rum, mm-hmm. and uh, they're doing decent jobs of it. So that's good. All right. We're going to go to, ladies and gentlemen, if you're keeping up, you you and we are going on to num- number three. Here we go. Here we go. Together. Break, breaking new ground. It's awesome. I still haven't tasted this. Okay. This smells amazing. I shouldn't say smells. Uh, the the so, aroma is lovely. What, what, what did you make? I made a mezcal. Ah, yes, yes, Negroni. yes. So good. Just mm-hmm. one-to-one with the Campari and Sweet Vermouth? In fact, yes. And I went back to... Oh, no. I, I used the Antica. Oh. Oh. I, <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> All right, here we go. Mm. Oh, that's so good. Isn't it? It is really good. Oh, my God. Yes, this is eye-opening. Yeah. Mm. Yes. yay oh my god that's really good so i did uh some strange stuff Mm -hmm. i did a rum negroni i used the dolan rouge i used campari one ounce one ounce and this ended up being a four ounce cocktail oh my because i did a uh one ounce of plantation rum multi-island Specialty bottled for the Rhino Yacht Club, which is my bar in Denver that I like to frequent. I, mm-hmm. ki- I killed the bottle making this cocktail. Okay. Um, and it's, that, just, it's worthwhile. It's for the public. And then another ounce of plant, also from Plantation Rum, uh, the Stiggins Fancy 
1824 recipe, which is their pineapple infused rum. Wow. Wow. Which, which is amazing. It's amazing. Uh, Dave Wondrich consulted on this recipe. And it's highly recommended. Okay. So, so let's see if it works as a Negroni. A hush falls over the crowd. Holy shit, Lance. Yeah. Are you happy now? You look happy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm just checking ABVs right now because... <laughs> You're going to be floating later? <laughs> well, it's only 44 and 40 on the rums. So. I need to circle back because I did... I So my original Negroni was made with Venus Spirits Gin. Uh, they're down in Santa Cruz, uh, two hours south of us here. Venus? Francisco. Like the Venus. love goddess? Like the love goddess, in okay. fact. Um, and uh, they do, um, it's handcrafted, special stuff. Um, and their gin um, is, very, it's, the, the first word that comes to mind is delicate. Uh, it's a it's a lovely sort of. Um, it's probably a great martini gin. It is a great. It is in fact a great martini gin. Not such a good uh, Negroni, Negroni gin. gin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they do an Acavit. Um, they do. Um, I'm just looking at their site here. They do a barrel aged gin, and we we just love barrel aged as we've noticed. Are Are you into Acavits at all? I'm not. Because you're not huge on the licorice flavor, right? I Yeah, I'm not. Uh, there's an Akavit bar here that you can get an Akavit flight, and mm-hmm. they know a lot about it. And if you if you or I wanted to learn more about it, you can go there. But, yeah, it's not my – no. <laughs> I'm, I'm Akavit curious because I do like the black licorice flavor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got one, I think the brand is like Kroner or something like that. And I keep it in my freezer and it sparkles. When, oh. When it's frozen, it sparkles. Interesting. And I love that. And I've actually made Negronis with that stuff too. And? and <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, the, the, the Negroni... It's amazing, you know. I, I'm, I'm very particular about martinis. I, I think you can balance the two ingredients and, and the bitters, and but I, I think a martini is only gin and dry vermouth and bitters. Yeah, you you can add an olive, you can add a twist. If you add the onion, then you got a, a Gibson. Right. But that is that's the essence of it. I don't, which honestly, the fact that a garnish changes the drink from a martini to a Gibson is kind of ridiculous. Yes, but it does. Yeah. Whereas the Negroni is literally all over the map. Well, they are all variations. They are there is only you, one Negroni. You need a sweet, you need a bitter, and you need a liquor. It's a great template for experimentation. Mhm. Because you can start with the 1 to 1 to 1 like, if you recognize what falls into the categories of, like, spirit, sweetness, and bitter, 
<laughs> I'm still reeling about the Mezcal Negroni. It's awesome. It's is it not one of the best things ever? It is so good. It 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 does. It tastes like a Negroni, but it's got the you know almost Scotch like smoke um, flavor, smoky. Oh, so good. Yeah, uh, I fir- I first had a Mezcal Negroni at my friend Theo Adley's restaurant in Boulder which is sadly no longer existent, called The Pinion. Um, and it just rocked my world. Mm-hmm. And Theo is a good friend of mine, and he continues to rock my world in many ways. Uh, so the uh, just to, for friends at home, the mezcal I'm using is, uh, I'm going to say Vida, using the Spanish pronunciation. From Del Magüe. Yes, in fact, it is. Um, yeah, that's, had, that's sort of the standard, like, affordable Del Magüe. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, I, the, the label is unimpressive, and it looks sort of cartoony. And when it was recommended to me, I'm like, it's not pretty. Well, none of, none of the Del Magüe labels are. But it is damn good. And it's quite lovely. Yeah, uh, the prices range... So widely, uh, so many mezcals are, you know, in the hundred dollar range at least. Yeah, because this is, this is like twenty five, I think. It, it it yeah, this is like the price of a standard bottle of booze, like whatever you'd pay for a price a uh, bottle of gin, you'd pay for this mezcal. But um, it's you know, single village sourced and sustainably harvested and all that stuff. Making mezcal is laborious and expensive. Yeah. And um, probably will die because the climate's deteriorating. Oh, absolutely. Can... Drink all the mezcal you can now. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> because it's going away. Right now. In fact, stop this podcast and go drink <laughs> some mezcal. Or keep it playing. I mean, we're good buy a, company. Buy a dozen bottles and keep them for you because it's going to go away like chocolate and all of the good things yeah although bananas were supposed to be extinct like five years ago and that never happened true was was there a banana was there a banana run yeah because bananas have been uh that's basically what gay men do single, anyhow <laughs> um there's only so, one kind of banana where there used to be all kinds of diversity so Right, and the, and the bananas that we have now, like the carrots we have now, are not, in fact, bananas or carrots. Right. Like, carrots have been made to be orange, and they're yeah. not supposed to be. Bananas aren't, they're, they're I, I guess they're supposed to be more like plantains? Like, yeah. more, like, hard and kind of... Or less. smaller, like, the sweet ones are the little tiny ones. <laughs> yes. So um, we, fucked, we fucked everything up. Oh, yeah, we, we, we destroyed this entire planet. We're horrible people. So... Um, and so taking a short detour, um, in this month's Imbibe magazine, which is mm-hmm. celebrating their 10th anniversary. I just flipped through that today. They had a really, I thought. Because I don't actually uh, read things. I just flip through them. Well, I keep it in the bathroom. <laughs> um, they, they, but, but the thing that caught my eye, in addition to, there, there are, there are a lot of interesting articles in this one because it's the 10 year anniversary and they talk about the cocktail movement and how things have evolved and how much better cocktails are now because of ingredients and people insisting on like fresh fruit juice and stuff like that. Yep. But the thing that stuck out to me was an interesting idea 
for how to use a French press to make cocktails. Yes. So they're in. It's it's like an infusion, but it's so if you've got a party coming up and you want to make something interesting for people, take a couple of French presses, and these are low proof because they're mostly vermouth. Mostly vermouth. Although they do use navy strength gin. They do because you want to. I know I want to. But only two ounces. And you, right, to six ounces of the other ingredients. And you. To 12 ounces of the other ingredients. It's even better, see? Yeah. And then you just let it steep for 24 hours and French press it so you don't have all the goop in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Goop is the wrong word because that's that. Chunks. Chunks is the word you're looking for. Chunks. And then you, you take this around and you pour it into people's glass. I think it'd be, it's, a, it's a wonderful idea that I'm going to try as soon as I can. So uh, the actual recipe on imbibe.com is four ounces Blanc vermouth. They don't specify, but the only Blanc I can find in my neighborhood is Dolan. Yeah, um, reliable. Four, four ounces dry vermouth. And, you know, so if you're in the family, you might, you might as well get the Dolan dry also, because it's delicious. <laughs> uh, four ounces, again, of Coqui Aperitivo Americano. Which so, is delightful on its own. Yes. That's, or, that's, actually, there is a white Negroni... Uh, that uses uh, Coqui Americano? Yes, it does. That's also got gentian in it, I think. I believe you are right. And then the two ounces previously mentioned of Navy Strength Gin. And then all the chunks, which is half a slice grapefruit, some slices of cucumber, some rosemary sprigs, thyme, lavender, and some soda the, water. No, the, the soda water goes in on, on Afterwards? Top. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. The, so you build all that up, all that salad... With booze on it, yeah, which and is you, good. And you nope. let you let that sit for a day, mm-hmm. so you have to plan for your party, which is good to do. Yeah, make it ahead <laughs> of time. Save yourself some trouble. And you have these lovely pots, and you can like have people like try them out. Um, but I, I just thought it was a lovely idea, and they look also they look beautiful. With the, with the ingredients sitting inside there, kind of steeping as like a tea. They really do, but the photograph has a red one that. Is... Oh yeah, so that's another. So that recipe is in the magazine. Ah, okay. That's a that's a separate recipe, um, which I can't remember what it's called, but we'll we'll look it up later and present it to you. Sure. And you can make up your own as well, like. Oh no! This this sort of formula is so easy to adapt. Right. If there are things that you like, if there are flavors that you like, you can you could in fact use tea. Yes. Like chamomile or um, what's the other fun? There's a fun one that's got a fun name on it. <laughs> it's kind of smoky. Uh, it's smoky tea. Jejun <laughs> <laughs> tea. No. Yeah. This, the smoky tea I know is some Chinese word I can't pronounce. So. Right. But, but oh, well, there, there's gunpowder tea. There's also the green tea. So, mm-hmm. but if, if there are flavors that you like, you know, try it out. And, the, and then, 
The, you, the South African Rubios. Rubios. Lovely. Or you could you could also use coffee. Sure. Coffee beans in here, I think. Would, yeah. Like, coffee yeah. beans and like uh, a couple ounces of rum. And some uh, creme de cacao, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And some uh, Carpano, again. Yeah. And uh, like Dolan Blanc to sort of... And actually, and lemon peel. Wow. Look at us. We're making recipes. We just did, we did a thing right <laughs> off the top of our head. It, it's worth mentioning, because who knows when this podcast will actually come out. Negroni Week, which is sponsored by Imbibe Magazine. Mm-hmm. Is in, June, in June. It's June 6th to the 12th. And major cities across the, across the nation... The, the Lation. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. Um, bars in major cities across the nation do Negroni specials, and it's a really good time. If you go to the right place, you might get a free t-shirt or something like that. Uh, Imbibe sells a t-shirt and 10% of the money goes to some charity. Something. Something good. Something but, good that makes you feel better about drinking. But mostly I just like t-shirts that say Negroni on them. So <laughs> I, I have I have two so far. One was given to me by Campari because I tweeted at them. Nice. And, and uh, also, as we've established, we spend our weekends in filth. So having a nice t-shirt to put on mm-hmm. when you're not going to face the public. Right. So I have one more serious point to make about the Negroni. And then we're going to talk about Beyonce. Okay. So, traditionally, in Italy, where Negronis happen... (laughs) They grow on trees. Yeah. uh, They are aperitivos, which means they're before the meal. Mm -hmm. They they help you develop your appetite so that you can have your giant pile of pasta with cheese and pepper on it. Mm -hmm. Yum. Yeah, it's a stimulant. Whereas so many other drinks are digestivos mm-hmm. after the meal. So, that's all. Oh, well, then I, I'm going to add one more piece of history as well. Because I did, I did do a little bit of investigation and found out two things. Number one, if you go to a Campari-sponsored thing, they'll have a picture of Count Negroni. Right. Who is, in fact, not... Count Negroni. Turns out he's some other dude that they are saying is Count Negroni, but isn't. And I would tell you his name, but I didn't pay that much attention. Mm. Um, And on, so because, and, and, and the reason why they have a fake Count Negroni is in fact, nobody really knows why it's called the Negroni or where it came from. Well, for the longest time, there were two conflicting stories. Mm hmm. And then, do, you, do you know them? <laughs> uh, not off the top of my head. One of, them okay. is, one of them is Count Negroni. One of them is somebody else. And then you discovered the African angle. Yes. Yeah. Which Weird. you should tell folks about. I, I would, but... <laughs> I, Surprise. I'm three Negronis <laughs> in. Um, I bet if I went to like Wikipedia, they could, they could help me out with this. Well, it's on uh, drinkingcup.net. Well, there's also the Orson Welles story where he well, is credited with bringing the Negroni to America. 
He was in Italy. Uh-huh. He was a great admirer of the Negroni because he says... Gin is bad for you and the other stuff balances it out. Yes, the bitters are good for your liver. <laughs> well, the gin... <laughs> I love... This is such a good story. I want this on a t-shirt. The gin is bad for you, but the bitters are good. Yeah. So they balance each other out. Yeah. The bitters are excellent for your liver. So you're literally canceling out your liquor by drinking a Negroni. Yeah. According to a guy that ended up massively obese. That's fine. I'm sure that's (laughs) due to pastry or something. (laughs) Or wine. Didn't he drink a lot of... He had that wine commercial. Well, no. He was already massively obese when he uh, started hawking wine. I'm I'm looking back. Oh, here we go. Yes, drinking cup. So... Uh, the the site is called drinkingcup.net. And while I was doing a a bit of research for this week, um, it turns out that uh, the picture of Count... This is where we find that the picture of Count Negroni is actually... With the top hat and the uh, curly Q mustache. uh, Arnold Henry Savage Landor. Savage. Savage. I'm not going to say Savage because it's a better name. Um, and around, um, oh, look, Boulevard Day is mentioned here, as well as the Old Pal, never, yeah. I've never heard of. That's, my Old Pal is what I talked about, it's pretty much the same drink. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going on so many tangents here, because I actually also wanted to talk, I know I'm, the Africa thing is still hanging out there like yeah. a Christmas ornament, but... So there was a Count Negroni. There was Pascal Oliver Comte de Negroni. He was, <laughs> I like the way you say that. Like it's a fake Count. Comte. Comte. Comte? I don't know. It's Italian, so maybe Comte. Uh, he was a brigadier general. He was in the Franco-Prussian War, so he was a badass. Um, and in a letter sent to the editors of, again, Wikipedia, which is the source of all knowledge, Francois Negroni states that not only was Camillo a made-up name, but that uh. the real Count Negroni, Pascal Olivier, created the drink in the Sen- Sen- uh, man, Senegalese city, uh-huh. saint Louis. In West Africa, and I say San Luis as opposed to St. Louis. Mm. The letter states that in, that Pascal invented the recipe as a present to his bride and a digestive aid for himself, where he was married and lived from 1855 to 1865. So, scroll down just a smidge, and there, mm-hmm. there are some bottles with labels. I see those. What the fuck? Are those like pre-bottled Negronis? Uh, Negroni Antica Distillery. Click yeah. to visit brand page. So there's... Okay, I'm going to click it. There's the 16, there's the old 1919, and there's the bitter. Um, and I go to the page and they've got Grappa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, and they are called Negroni Antica Distilleria, they're Italian. Uh-huh. Which, uh, like, I'm, I'm getting so many mixed messages. Wow, they make a, a ton of stuff, but I 
literally don't see. Oh, here we go. Their whole site is in Italian. Oh, uh, you can you can switch it to English. They do have some aperitifs. Yep, apparently it's bottled Negronis. That is fascinating because Campari has started doing that. You can buy really? you can buy a bottled Negroni from Campari. Mm, all right. It's actually I highly recommend it because it's about the same price as a bottle of uh, Campari. Mm-hmm. And pre- presumably it uses the uh, Bulldog Gin, which is under their label. Okay. Um, I was wondering about that. So it's a bottled Negroni. Yeah. Pre-mixed, bottled, just... I mean, the ideal thing for, say, a picnic or something like that, if you chill it, take it out, pour it in a glass, you're good. Uh, and it tastes great. I would do... So you have tried it? Yeah. I, I get it somewhat regularly. Um, I prefer... Because you're on your their payroll, apparently. Not quite. They're sending you stuff... They sent me one t-shirt. They refused to more, send... That's more t-shirts than I've gotten. They refused to send me a red hoodie because I asked refused? for that. Refused? No, I asked for it. It's like, I want a Campari hoodie. And they told me that is only for graduates of our bartending course in San Francisco. Oh, do you want to come? Kinda. Right, we'll, do it, we'll do it together. I think this is a plan. And then we'll podcast while we're doing it. It won't annoy the other students at all. Not at all. Man, this this mezcal Negroni is really... Oh, we still haven't talked about Beyonce. We're gonna. All right. But this mezcal Negroni, kids at home, try this. Please. It is awesome. And you said, and the rum one also. But you're doing rum and rum. Well, I did double rum. I, I, I wanted to balance the rum with rum. So Beyonce. Yeah. Go. Uh, you're 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 in love. I am in love or lust. Both. Could be the same thing. Both. Yeah. They're different things, but both. And is this the album or the video or both? Again. Both. Both. So, so you listened to the album before you saw the video. I no, I started with the video. I started with the film. Okay. Uh, because it was on HBO, and I have yep. H- HBO now or Go or what whatever is on the Apple TV. <laughs> so I was like, "It's Saturday, Beyonce's out. We have to watch this." And uh, my wife had to go do her stuff, so everybody else in the house we watched the Beyonce thing. Yep, and it's fucking amazing. I am right there with you. Um, the poetry in between songs is really intense and strongly feminist, I guess you could say. I guess you could. <laughs> yes, you could say that. Um, and, you know, I come from my place of privilege and it was affecting to me. But just the sort of video segments for each song were all so perfectly done. And the whole album concept no matter how fictionalized it is or mm-hmm. not the story that is presented is jay-z fuck somebody else and she's pissed off yes but she, but it but it's not just her she's she's talking about all women and i i think and not all black women but all women yeah because men are assholes absolutely and like the my favorite line is the suck my balls thing Suck my balls, pause. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I I agree. It it's but and and the thing that I thought was could any other artist do this and get away with it without it seeming pretentious or uh, like ag- aggrandizement. Well, and what's really interesting to me is actually the formation song, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is the last song on the album, but was the one that we got like months ago. Right. And when we got it months ago, there were all these like long read blog posts about like this and this and this and new Orleans and this and this and this. Yeah. And then you hear that song at the end of lemonade and it totally changes context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not part of the video, which I know interesting as well. It's, it's the credits music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's not the song. It's just, it's just that little. Yeah. Yeah. song. Um, yeah, it's it's remarkable. It's it's really good. It's brave. Well, it's also super fucking sexy. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. When she's in the yellow thing with the baseball bat, <laughs> her, her breasts are just all over the place. Yeah, and you know, I'm <laughs> I, I I'm not necessarily I, well. I've said before that all men are breast men, regardless of what your sexual orientation are. Uh-huh. Everybody likes breasts. They're beautiful. They are. Um, but really, what, so when, when I watched Formation, the scene in the hallway when uh-huh. they're all shaking with, their butts. With the red, the maroon. Oh, my God. It, so good. Oh, I, I had to go into another room the first time I saw that. But I, but <laughs> I, do, but I love that she... She just owns every moment of that video. Yep. There is no qualification. There is no backing down. Um, like, like you said, the, the poetry is also very just open. Um, and Which was not written by, by Beyonce. That was, that was another writer who wrote that poetry. But it's not, it's, it's not confrontational, right? It's... it's um, yeah. It's it, it's honest, but it it doesn't. It's not intended to make you mad. It's just it's just stating facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're we're treading careful ground right now because <laughs> there there is a genre of feminist poetry mm-hmm. that is yeah necessarily confrontational, right? And it needs to be yeah. Um, and this is not it. This, it, this, no. This, I, I think she was again. She was really smart about all of this because she makes it, she makes it personal and universal at the same time. Yeah. She never necessarily calls out her husband for doing something. She's calling out men for doing things. Yep. And and it's true of all men. I I I can. <laughs> it doesn't matter it's true of all men 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 are are that way um yeah i uh, it it's it's eye-opening it's beautiful as well um so many of the scenes from it are like you want to capture them and and, and keep them still oh, um yeah i mean when she's wearing that amazing like puffy sleeved sort of African print dress. Mm-hmm. Standing in the doorway. Yeah. 
Just like, perfectly framed. Ah, so amazing. And, and the black and white parts. Yep. And the and the part on the bus, the stuff on the bus. Oh, where, uh, with the body face, paint. Yes. The the body paint was by an artist from I think Nigeria, mm. who's in Brooklyn now or something like that. But like, he, it, that's a quote unquote sacred art. That okay. body paint. So, yeah, like, there, there are layers to everything you see in that video. And then even just listening to the album, which I've honestly been doing since last Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is really, really good. Um, the whole arc of it, and, like, I've heard critics talk about how the reconciliation at the end seems kind of uh, trite or obvious. I disagree, because All Night is actually my jam right now. Like, the last song of the album before Formation is my jam. Mm. Because there's so many people that want to kiss up and feel up and hug up on you. That's not right. Kiss up, rub up, and feel up. Yeah. Um, but it's going to take me a while to trust you again. Yes. Yes. But I'm going to kiss up and rub up and feel up. <laughs> Because we're human. In the meantime. Yeah. But I still don't trust you. Yes. Like, we're making up. But I still don't trust you. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's the human condition right there. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's a, it is a killer album. It's, I, and I, and I. I also wonder, like, could any other artist do that album now? Well, I mean, I feel like... Uh... And, be a, and be paid attention to. I'm sure other artists could do it and probably have done it. Oh, and we're not aware certainly. of it. But she's at a position where she can do this and we all pay attention and it, and it makes an impact. Well, I mean, and so many people are talking about it because it's a title exclusive. So Jay-Z is making money off of the fact of his cheating on Beyonce because he's the CEO or whatever of yeah, the title. Yeah, he, he owns it. And she's a part owner. She's a part owner. Yeah. But it's like, you know, so many joke tweets were precipitated by this album release. One of my favorites was like, how can I keep anyone from hearing this let's make it a title exclusive baby <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it, it yeah if you so if you have not seen the video you need you owe it to yourself to see the video it's an it's an hour long it's available with the album you can buy on itunes you can watch it on title if you're a subscriber uh which i am actually well, i will admit I I became a full-time subscriber ever since Prince died. Well, I started early because the quality is so much better. See, I don't actually notice the difference in the quality. Uh, maybe I do because um, I I really have a nice audio setup. So I, I have a decent audio setup at home, but but like, you don't re you don't notice it. Yeah, I'm comparing I mean, it to it, iTunes. Even even in, even in headphones, like okay. Title versus iTunes on my laptop at work. Like, mm. no difference to me. Really? 
So streaming is no. do do you download the tracks to your do you save them? Uh, not intentionally. No. no. Oh, okay. I just I can. just play streaming. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I I did also just recently tweak my settings to like do you know Wi-Fi streaming, Hi-Fi, and all that jazz. Um, so maybe I'll notice a difference, but. It's the only place that you can get Prince's, like, 70% catalog. Yeah. yeah. So, when he died, I went looking for Prince music, and I was like, well, fuck, I guess I'm signing up for Tidal. <laughs> or you can buy it, Jake. Yeah. You can spend some money and have the album. I'm I'm spending some money and streaming. I So, if you what I recommend for you and people at home... Like, buy Sign of the Times, buy 1999, buy Controversy. Actually, his newest album, which came out in 2015, I think, is really good. It actually is very good. It's really good. Prince, uh, we we don't have time to talk about Prince. We don't. Not this time. I have been mourning Prince way more than David Bowie. Which was unexpected to me. Unexpected. I'm I'm probably on a fifty fifty there. I wasn't. I was shocked when Michael Jackson died, but I didn't really care. <laughs> I mean, I liked a couple of his albums, but he was such a freak and yeah, he, he was he was molested too weird. children and he was obviously weird. Yeah, and not in a good way. Not in the, not in the, not in a good way. The best way that I phrased this was on Twitter is like all the space aliens that were sent to us to teach us how to love are leaving us. And that's David Bowie, that's Prince. We still have Dolly Parton. Oh, Dolly Parton is absolutely in that pantheon. She is, and she's still with us. And, yeah. And keep, keep your prayers for Dolly. She needs to stick around. And if you don't, if you don't know Dolly Parton, get to know Dolly Parton. Oh, for real. Unfortunately, I'm just going to... I have to throw this out there. Near the end, when he became very Jehovah's Witnessy. The the religious aspects to me, like he didn't, he stopped singing all his cool, sexy songs, and right, he was a little bit on the fence about gay marriage and stuff like that. Oh, he uh, he was actively against it. Like, so yeah, yeah, a little, it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. but I but I love I I can still listen to the early albums and you know whatever. Well, I mean, Erotic City people. He said things on records that. I still am not quite comfortable saying to my wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I and I think maybe that's why I appreciate David Bowie maybe more and maybe so David Bowie <laughs> So David Bowie was old. Um and well, uh, I mean, he was, he was only he was not even 10 years older than Prince. He was like 64. Yes, um, and and he had just, I mean, he knew he was going, and he was, like, his last album was... Oh, no, yeah, it was his farewell, it was, although he was, he had plans to keep going. Yeah. He was like, I'm gonna go until I die, and then he died. So, good and, for and, him. And like all and artists feel- after death, you, you, you learn to appreciate, like, I gave a listen to the albums that I kind of discarded. Right. Didn't think about... I actually saw him on his heathen tour, and I didn't 
really like the Heathen album. Yeah. Um, but he was still awesome. Like like Prince was still awesome live. Oh yeah. I mean, did you did you get to see him? Did you? I, see him? I never saw Prince. He came to Denver, and I really considered it, but it was like a two hundred and fifty dollar ticket. Ouch. Yeah. No, I, I, I seriously considered it. Like this was in the past three years. Yeah. And when I, he he did the uh, his last tour with with him sitting at the piano, he was over in Oakland. Yeah. And he did a couple of sh- like not shows, but he like dropped into clubs and he just played. Well, that's the thing. Everywhere he plays, he then plays at a club. Yeah. Like, after the venue closes at midnight or whatever, he goes and shuts down a club. Yeah. And there was the story of him, um, I can't remember what what date it was, but he played three concerts in a row. So he played an arena, and then he played a club, and then he played because... Somebody's living room. Yeah, because (laughs) because the law said you can't play after this time. He's like, all right, I'll go play somewhere. Like, he was constantly playing, constantly on stage. Yeah. He loved performing, and it shows. Uh, oh, yeah. it, his the way he just conducts an audience is amazing. There's there's a video somewhere on like Facebook or whatever I saw it, where it's just him and a gu- guitar, and he starts off playing Cream. Mm-hmm. And you know he's like doing the nod to get the audience participation. And the audience starts singing along. He's like, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> My song. Do better. Do better. Yeah. And he, and he pushed... He pushed <laughs> like, um, that, that was like a quarter of you people. Let's get the whole crowd. And Kim Kardashian came up and danced on stage and he shoved her off. Like, Oh no. my God, that's great. No, get I off. I love it. <laughs> yeah, Prince is, Prince is awesome. Yeah. The... The one positive of Prince's death is all these concert footage videos are coming up. Yeah. And Sheila E. in a tube top and one pants leg is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Do we have anybody like that anymore? Do we have anybody like that anymore? Gaga. Gaga, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah. Gaga... Gaga is Bowie and Prince progeny. She needs to focus. Like, if I could take her aside, I'm, I'm going to show her her old videos and say, like, these are good. Stop because... doing duets with Tony Bennett? No, those are fine <laughs> as well. I think, I think, because she does have a beautiful voice. She does. She is honestly talented. But, like, Art Pop was a horrible album. Mm. And, and I, I, I think she does better when she focuses when she focuses in and not out. Um, wow, we're so how? What are we even fucking talking about at this point? Uh, we started with Beyonce and it went to here. Oh my god, Negronis are the best drink in the world, right? All right, Jake. All right, Lance. I like talking to you. Yeah, you too. We'll we'll do we'll do it again soon. Ish. part where I sing. Last time I sang um, Glenn Campbell and uh, this time I'll sing uh, George Michael. Um, oh, you gotta have faith. Ooh, you gotta have faith. You gotta have faith, the faith, the faith.